Welcome to the Blackcast. As always, it is I, Christian Blatt. And as always, you can find me at Christian DMZ. That's your Twitter, your Instagram, and your Facebook. And the show itself, the Blackcast. Well, that's on Facebook. Go ahead and give it a like at Blackcast on Twitter, B L A D T C A S T, Blackcast.com. Before we dive into this week's show, a little disclaimer. And as they say, a teachable moment for all of you out there who maybe are considering starting up your own podcast sometime soon. You can pre-record an episode, keep it in the bank for as long as you want to, but you really never know (laughs) what you could end up having to comment on when you finally go to post it. Case in point, this week's episode of The Blackcast. In a moment, we'll be joined by my guest, Michael Shirley, and one of the things that we talked about when we recorded this episode way back on May 12th was about how excited we were for the Roseanne reboot. Whoops. So, as you'd imagine, we needed to get back into the studio to record a little addendum to that conversation and give our reactions to the controversial tweet Roseanne sent out, which ultimately led to the show's cancellation. Uh, Obviously, we wanted to leave the original conversation intact because I think it was a good conversation, and I'm lazy, but also because it was a good conversation. And you'll hear that new addendum after the original conversation. But before we get to any of that, allow me to welcome... Very special in-studio guest, (laughs) sort of a bittersweet occasion to be joined by the one and only Michael Shirley of AfterBuzz TV, of The Roseanne After Show, of Project Runway, of Twin Peaks. I guess I'll claim it. But most importantly, (laughs) of Marvel TV Weekly, one of my co-hosts. We'd been talking about doing this for a while, but we really had to hunker down and do it because you're leaving us. Forever. Uh, no, I wouldn't say it like that. I, <laughs> oh, I will. Maybe you're just missing me already. I think that's probably what it is. And by the time this is posted, you'll already be gone. So, yes, I am missing you already by the time people hear this. And you were the only one with the show Marvel TV Weekly from the from beginning. The beginning. And oh, gee. you're the only other person who ever hosted when I was in New York. So, you see. I did. I know. You did the I timeline. I dressed up for it, too. What did you dress up like? I wore, like, a dress shirt with... I had this, like, comic book bandana that said, like, bam, pow, kaboom. Wow. Like, little things. All sure, around. like, like the old Batman TV yeah, series. Yeah, I wore kind of like a bow tie. Man. I, I so you know. got all fancy because Maybe you, you didn't watch it. No, I did watch it. I just didn't remember. <laughs> you know how I get annoyed when you, you don't pick up on my outfits. Uh, that very rarely happens. For anybody that has watched the show, which I hope uh, at least most of you have. You didn't even call out my X-Men 2099 shirt, and I, that's like the most expensive Marvel shirt I've ever Well, bought. yeah, and that's one of the things we're going to talk about. We need to talk about Some it. of the shirts that you have bought on eBay and things. Oh, gosh, Look, yeah. the week before we were recording right now, you had on an amazing Sabretooth shirt with a fur coat, and people in the comments on YouTube <laughs> Still, even after the episode really? was posted, yeah, they're still saying how much they liked it. I love it. So, I mean, it's it's fairly great. I like to be like I 
dress differently, like how I would dress for Roseanne than I would dress for like Project Runway or Marvel TV Weekly. I try to draw a little. Do you have you know? like a Jackie outfit that you wear, or do you have like a so Rose- do you have far. do you have a Dan outfit? <laughs> so far, every episode I've managed to wear plaid. Okay. And because there's a lot of plaids on. I on had a lot of biker jackets up until last week. I, I I dropped the whole biker jacket thing. Right, and at this point, what are they? Six, seven episodes in. So you I think tonight is episode seven or eight? I right. So I, I don't know. You're not going to buy a new wardrobe uh, for the last couple shows of the season, right? God, now I'm going to have to go and find it and obsess over it <laughs> but I don't really know that they have Roseanne shirts but now I, I mean, feel like I'm gonna have to find one of what them they on the prob- couch yeah <laughs> and what they probably have are like crew shirts from maybe the original run maybe oh, you'll find something from the reboot crap. you know something that's like lighting crew Roseanne oh, season what season is this yeah. 10 11 this I is season 11 is probably my favorite season well there's so many things to talk about but because we're talking about Roseanne uh, what I knew that you liked Roseanne, because on the little sign-up sheet that goes around for After Buzz, there was a line that said, "The Roseanne, this is a couple months before it came on, and you wrote in, oh my god, this is my favorite show of all time, I need to be on this panel. It's like all caps. And I wrote, I'd seen every episode at least 20 times, which was not a lie. Like, that's by so many stretch. times. I, mean, I was I... in college, and Oxygen showed Roseanne oh, like twenty four seven from like two thousand three to like two thousand eight. Well, <laughs> as you know, I'm old, so I watched it in prime time okay. originally. And if you were going to watch it twenty times, you would have had to tape it. Which uh, I, I loved the show, but I, I did not tape it. I, I really enjoyed it. I think that I don't know. I mean, it's funny because at that moment, the way that parents and kids talk to each other it was like oh my god can you believe the way they do it it's yeah. like how when the simpsons started they were like can you believe that those kids talk to their parents like now every sitcom like sitcoms on the disney channel kids talk to the parents <laughs> yeah. like that you know what i mean yeah, but yeah. in primetime television in what was that 1988 89 yeah it was just unheard of you know i feel like the first two seasons were very like tame compared to how it gets yeah, I think that's absolutely true. Because I really don't enjoy the first and second seasons like no. when they're young. I do love Roseanne's interaction with DJ in the first few seasons. Like, well, he's I so just little at that adore point. Adore their chemistry. Yeah, um, but. Other than that, uh, I'm just kind of like, let's get to where Becky like can drink, <laughs> or can we, or can we get to the point where Becky is Sarah Chalk? Now, do you no! have you you you're an OG Becky? Oh, yeah. Really? Oh yeah, no doubt about it. See, I'm very superficial, and I I just thought that new Becky was prettier, so that's all I cared about. That's really all it came down to, you know, and. I did think that it was, you know, historic television when they recast her. Because, you know, at the end of that episode, they're talking about, they're watching a Bewitched rerun. And they're like, I can't believe that they went and changed the Darrens like we weren't going to notice. And then Sarah Chalk walks through the living room and they're like, hi, Becky. And she's just like, hi, mom. And that's it. And then she was a new Becky for a while. Now, I've told you before that I have a Sarah Chalk story. But now if you don't like her, maybe I don't want to tell her. No, it's not that I don't like her. I just don't (laughs) like recasting. But... I'm sure you know that that was out of necessity. There yeah, they were some behind the scenes things that, uh, you know. Do you say her name, Lacey Gorenson? Is that Lacey. I, see, that's why I asked Jeez. because I knew I was wrong. Okay. 
she couldn't be on the show anymore. You because, should be dinging that bell. Uh, because of, what? Because I'm being bitchy. No, me. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, oh. Yeah, Michael. Uh, <laughs> believe it or not, is not a huge fan of the Black Cast. He has not. What? Da- he has not downloaded all 280 oh, no, episodes. But so he's just like, what's the bell for? And so what I decided yeah. is that we would ring the bell whenever uh, one of us says something bitchy. I just expect. I think to- you're gonna just lose count and just like I. I feel like you should have started a long time ago. Yeah, I mean, we usually just use it for like dumb sex jokes and so oh. we also lose count then well, but i can try we can try but it's just it's just more <laughs> fun i think that the tone of this i mean the reason you really wanted to do the black cast was that you could finally be you know a little bit here yes right well you want to be closer to me salty and, is what they have called me um for about a year now on salty shows. Yeah. on all the shows salty, yeah. should we start introducing you as salty michael shirley no i don't like that you don't like no. it all right salt's nah. Anyway, let me circle back to Sarah Chalk, who, uh, as you know, was one of the stars of the TV show Scrubs. And they did a uh, sitcom episode. It was like a dream sequence where Zach Braff's character, J.D., dreams that his whole life is a sitcom. So I went to the, the taping of the sitcom part of it. And like any sitcom taping, there's a lot of downtime between scenes and you know, you have to watch things the same time. Anybody's ever been to a sitcom tape and you know you have to laugh at the same jokes five times. One of the worst things I, I ever did in my Price life. Price is Right taping. That's better. That has to be better. Because, like, <laughs> I... That's it, though. God forbid that I... Look, I took my parents to a taping of Two and a Half Men, and I'm not proud oh, of it. Oh, man. Somebody in the family really wanted to see it. And you get to laugh at the same jokes that weren't funny the first time. You get to laugh at them, like, five times. And Heather Locklear was a guest star in the episode. And... She didn't know any of her lines. And I was just like, this well. is taking like five. Well, <laughs> exactly. Now that definitely was hurt. Uh, and it was just like, oh my God, this it, it took forever. And we didn't have time to eat dinner beforehand. So I'm just like, I'm just hungry. And I just want, I just want it to end. Are you one of those people that get like real cranky when you're hungry? Um, I Let's say that I am and that I might have inherited that from someone in my family okay. who was at the taping. It, okay. it may have. It may I have like finished. how you're dancing around this family member that like you're embarrassed to say. Or no, I think my mom. They would like be embarrassed for you to my, say. My mom listens sometimes. To to, oh, okay. So, so that's you know, it is. So that's, yeah. I, I, I will neither confirm well, nor deny that. She's still a fan of the show. The black cast? No, Two and a Half Men. <laughs> she's not a fan of either show, but Two and a Half Men's not on anymore. Well, I mean, they kept it going. Well, after... they yeah, they wanted to Hold get up. like a second run of syndication, so why not sign Ashton Kutcher and have him on the show? Made you know? sense to me. Yeah, I mean, it's like so, <laughs> someone who uh, is. I would say funnier than Charlie Sheen at that point in his career. As much as I love the Major League movies, he was funny, you know, in the late 80s. But anyway. You know how I feel about the 80s. Um, I, I know how you feel about 80s comics and, and a TV show from the 80s like Roseanne. Although it's technically, it's I guess, not, you're going to consider it no. a 90s show yeah. because of the fact that you don't like the first two yes. seasons. So anyway, <laughs> at the Scrub sitcom taping, this is usually the way it goes. A lot of sidetracked and tangents and going down different rabbit holes. This is how the, the black cast works. Okay. So I knew you'd be a good fit for it. <laughs> so they're doing things to fill out the, the breaks between the scenes and the, the comics. And yeah, so they stuff do like stuff that, yeah. where uh, Bill Lawrence, the showrunner and the creator of Scrubs, you know, he's like he's actually like interacting with everybody and they would like ask questions for prizes. And I was I was just like kind of, you know, not really involved. But then all of a sudden he asked a question because uh, I guess Sarah was out of hair and makeup. So Sarah Chalk comes out and then it's like, oh, let's ask some questions about Sarah. And so they say, what Becky was Sarah on Roseanne? 
And I, I put, Connor. I, well, hold on. I put my hand up right away, <laughs> but they go to somebody else. Oh no! Who says two, and they're wrong, because as I correctly answered, and I probably should have bought the signed box of crackers that I won. What? I correctly said that she was Becky two and four, because Lisi came back and then left again. If you remember the show, but maybe well, you didn't you watch it. If you want to be like that, it's like she was two, four, six, eight. Like, come on. Well, she didn't leave that many times. She was just she. At the very end, they were rotating them out per episode. Just were they? Funny. Are you sure that they didn't just run them? Uh, you know, like you'll watch, like you say, you watch episode like twelve, and you yeah. get Lisey Gorenson. Episode thirteen would have Sarah Chalk. Episode fourteen would have Lisey Gorenson. They were just like messing with us at the end. Well, see that I didn't realize, but yeah. uh, I knew I was right. And uh, well, yeah, she, they did. Uh, yeah, she definitely. I mean, that's a trick question. It's a trick question, but it's a question that I got right, and she was so excited that somebody knew. And so the box of crackers that they were giving away because what? they were just giving away what things. The hell? They were giving away things that were from the craft service backstage, and it was an unopened box of crackers. So I have it signed what? by Sarah Chalk. They were giving away crackers, and I just she was so excited what she signed it for me. What network was this for? Uh, at that point, it was still NBC, and then oh, it ended up man. being on uh, ABC. I later. thought you were going to say it was CBS or something. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so I uh, probably would have been good for the sake of, of this conversation if I had brought that box of crackers in, uh, which I didn't open. Well, you could have just tell everyone you've got it. No, oh, I, I don't think it's it. fair. Oh, my God, it's right here on the desk. Uh, I also had Zach Braff sign it, and he had no idea. He's like, uh, okay. He's like, like he's third John. <laughs> <laughs> Um, possibly. No, but uh, he just didn't understand why I was having him sign a uh, box of crackers. So, uh, Are anyway. Are you sure it's chalk? It's not chalky. I don't think it's chalky. When I was little, I was like, Sarah, chalky. Chalky. Yeah. Um, so, I was glad that when they did this reboot of Roseanne, that they at least found a part for her. It was only in a few episodes. But uh, I was glad that she was included. You know, she was a part of it. Because, I mean, she was part of the show. And I like some of the... Past characters, you know, we've seen Sandra Bernhard, we've seen their mom. <laughs> something tells me that we're not going to see Arnie. The part that uh, Tom Arnold played, something tells me Tom Arnold won't be on the reboot. But I had heard that, like, I don't know if it was like three or four years ago when someone had asked her, like, if you ever did Roseanne again, like, what would happen? And she was like, Roseanne and Jackie would have a medical marijuana dispensary. I did hear this. Uh, Sandra Bernhard and Arnie would be married, and Arnie would be like trying to get into politics. So it sounds like they. That since she did think about him, yeah, they m maybe not right now, but at the time they might have had like an amicable relationship. But... Yeah, and he did a, and there was like a Comedy Central roast of her oh, that he did, and they talked afterwards yeah. though, and like you know they had like a, a moment, but it's weird f to be and for a lot of reasons. It's weird to be Tom signing Arnold signing the checks, and making him like more wealthy than her. Yes. <laughs> But it's also got to be weird because you can't talk to Tom Arnold without bringing up Roseanne because you know, I mean, why he, are you talking he to does him? have her tattooed on his chest. Do you think he still has it? I don't know. I feel I like you can get that removed or you covered up at least. I don't know if any of us have seen Tom Arnold's chest since like the mid 90s. Let's hope that no one has and no one will. Oh, that was that's very well earned. Uh, but anyway, so we're talking kind of in general terms, and uh, of course we started with Roseanne because that was very important that we get the chance to talk about it. What do you think of one bringing it back and the way that it's the, that it's kind of played out over these six or so episodes so far? I'm so thrilled it's back. 
same here. I mean, Roseanne's Roseanne. You love her for kind of who she is, and I think, you know, given the show's success, you just kind of have to trust in what she's doing. Yeah. And I think ABC definitely trusts in what she's doing, given signing two seasons, like, the next day. Yeah, considering how, you know, it, it's highly rated at a time where nobody kind of watches anything live except for maybe Game of Thrones. Like, nobody watches any yeah, shows yeah, live yeah. for the most part. And she also even, you know, got a call from this guy staring at me in the background. Uh, from President Trump, because, yeah. uh, yes, uh, we are in the AfterBuzz TV studios where uh, sh a short time from now, the Trump Report with a uh, very intelligent and handsome host uh, will be uh, in this very studio. <laughs> uh, one of the things I wanted to mention is actually that there are people that I know who wouldn't watch the new Roseanne because of the fact that her character was going to be pro-Trump. And they're just, and I was just like, but did you think the show was funny before? When has Roseanne not been? I mean, well, this is going into politics. I don't really like to talk No, we don't politics, have to, but I'm just but saying. I will say, when has Roseanne not been off-putting? Yeah. I mean, I think it makes absolute sense that she would be a Trump supporter. Her character. Yeah, her character. And I mean, the real Roseanne seems to be leaning that direction, More too. More towards him yeah. than... But I mean, yeah. she ran for president herself. And by the way, what state <laughs> What state is Lanford in? I mean, Illinois. is that established? It's, it's Illinois. Yeah. All right. There's so much Chicago Cubs stuff in the new series, the new season, that I feel like it must have been mm, Illinois. But well, you, never know. you know, they... That's a luxury, the Cubs winning something. Exactly. <laughs> By the way, that that's a, that that gets two because it's talk, a bitchy sports yeah, reference. I can talk all the crap I want about the Cubs. I lived in Chicago for a good five years, so I did not know that about yeah, you. That's where I went to college. What mm -hmm. college did you go to? Columbia. All right. See, look at that. See, I'm learning so many things, but. I just couldn't believe that people didn't want to watch the show. Like, well, you thought it was funny, and look at the—they got the cast together. Like, when does that happen? You know, just check it out. Just people wouldn't watch it, and I was like, well, I watched it, and I thought it was really funny. I still do, and I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, that's the thing to do. Is Some bring episodes your shows are better than others. Definitely, this season for sure. Um, maybe it's just because we don't really know them, and we're like, mm. but the thing I probably not really getting on board with as much as the new children. But I think that's just going to take time. Like, I do enjoy that Harris like tries to best Roseanne. Yeah. And I do like the way they're going with, like, Mark Jr. But yeah, it is weird having, you know, this cast that is very much this cast, a very tight-knit, like group of like five to ten people and introducing brand new full-on cast members um so that takes me back a little bit but well and considering that dj's not really in it that much he's not in here yeah. and there i think it's because we've been he, having some talks about that on i mean panel. he's not really an, an actor i mean he doesn't he hasn't done anything really since roseanne so i think it's more what are you comfortable with maybe it's that saying this but i don't think he's a great actor well, that's probably, I think everybody knew that. And they were just like, you know, let's have you on a couple like episodes. As a child, it was like natural. Because yeah. I think he was kind of just being himself a little yeah, bit. Yeah, like just say this yeah. and you say it the way you are. And they had such a good relationship with each other. I think that, you know, it was kind of different. But when they got older, like he kind of seemed like he blended in with the canned laughter a little bit. It was just... Yeah. Well, it's tough, too, to stand out on a show that has, you know, Roseanne, who's such a large personality, yeah. but you have these yeah, yeah, yeah. you have these great actors, you know, in terms of John Goodman and Laurie Metcalf and, 
you know, Sarah Gilbert, especially now, you've just seen, because she's kind of stayed in front of the camera, you know, this whole time. She's kind of never stopped working. So into her nose job. Like, <laughs> it is so good. Like, it is really good. How good is it? Is it like top? It's top like all, ten, like top it's five. Like number two for me. Who's the number I feel one? Like no number show. Number one's Ashley Simpson because I saw the before and I've yeah. seen the after. And, and by the way, ain't, ain't nobody seen any Ashley Simpson in a while. So you know. or Jessica Simpson. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> See how fun it is to have, to have I was the talking bitchy belt. To my best friend, uh, I intern in uh, MTV in New York with, and she's pregnant and. I kept saying, I really, really hope you don't get your body back. I hope you're just going to be like <laughs> fat forever. And I think it'd be so funny. And she's like, just as long as I don't end up like Jessica Simpson. Mm. And I was like, well, she got that, you know, that shoe line. And she's like, well, I got a grill stuff burrito. <laughs> so, I mean, oh, oh my God. But no, Ash back to Ashley Simpson. She had like the same nose as I have. And I've gone through the years thinking, oh, I hate my nose. And then sometimes I'm like, oh, I love it. It's so big and t so much attention when I walk. I mean, it, 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 it definitely complements a personality right. that walks into a room. Right. Sure. But yeah, I really like that. It's. It's just a tad bit better than Sarah Gilbert's. Interesting. But uh, do you feel like her character is in a place that makes sense this many years later? You know, do you feel Darlene? Like, yeah. I mean, I feel like, you know, her, you know, David is kind of obviously you have a real problem because Johnny Galecki is, is stunningly richer than everyone else on the show, including John Goodman, just because of that dumb show that he does. And, you know, good for him that he, they got him in an episode, but it's like, so he's not going to be able to really be a part of it. So... I think it makes sense for his character. Though. Well, that's he's what I was going to so say. kind of wasp It still made like, sense Ew. that he's like, oh, I kind of mean well, but then really back against the wall. No, not really. Yeah. But... Uh, I'm fine with him just being kind of like... Yeah, I just hope we see him, you know, once a season or well, I got really so. angry that Dar Darlene, like, was... Like, had her way with him, and then was just like, "This ain't gonna work." Yeah, I was really legit. Like, well, he's a very sensitive guy, as that. we know from the original show. And, and I don't love David. Yeah, but I was like, clearly, there's no one else for either of you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Blue. Who knows? I would love to see this. Are blue we gonna character. meet Blue? That's the real question. I think in season for two, anybody that that hasn't watched, uh, yeah, Johnny Galecki's character uh, moves back to town, and he's dating somebody named. Blue. Uh, one thing I didn't know is that the actor who played Mark in real life, who was Becky's husband, uh, that he died. I, DOA. Yeah, I had no idea. And, you know, so they, they're like kind of mentioned that his character is dead, and there's a little, like, you know, a little dedication card at the end of the episode, and I'm like, oh, wow, that got real. You know, I mean, because I like the show, but I, you know, and I'm certainly aware of what some of the, the main cast was doing, but I, I had no idea that he had. His story is actually very sad. It sounded like, I remember you and I talked about story, it once. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I think, I think it was like during it or like after his stint on Angel, just everything kind of went downhill from him. Mm. And I didn't even realize that he had a stint on Angel. So, yeah. I mean, good for good for him at that point that he found work. But, yeah, just it sounds like such a sad story. And I guess, I don't know, I guess you can kind of touch on it in a way if you really want to. But at least they, I don't know, I think that they handled it in a, in a nice way where it's like, oh, it's kind of sad. Um, but sort of a more lighthearted thing is the simple fact that Roseanne's character, well, Roseanne and Dan, they had another kid. They're Jerry. 
and Off they just in a fishing boat. They just have a time. throwaway that's like, yeah, 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 you didn't really have good cell service anyway. But I guess she's said that you know, if it got another season, which it now has, they would they would have him on and, and figure it out. I'm more interested to see if it will actually be the same child because that's her child who played Jerry. I don't think I realized that. Yeah, so I it'd feel be like really interesting to see if like her kid wants to have anything to do with it or if they'll right. Recast. But they named him after Jerry Garcia, so mm-hmm. I feel like they should get like a hippie character, maybe one of the guys from Fish or something, or you know. Yeah, I definitely feel like he'll be like one of those seafaring, like kind yeah. of like. Yeah. Go where the wind takes you, kind of guys. So you've been happy with the return of Roseanne. It, you feel like it it sits well with the the original version. It could just be, some episodes are a little yeah. N- some episodes are a little, and some episodes are a lot. Like the first episode with Jackie and Roseanne going like crazy to yeah. each other. Um, the last episode with, with her the mom, mom was, was pretty great. good. Yeah. I think it's just the kid episodes are kind of bringing me down a little bit. Like, yeah. I mean, I think they, they do a good job with the young Mark character and how he sort of plays, you know, it's an interesting concept to add into this household. And I don't know, I think that Dan Connor, John Goodman's character, could have taken it a number of different ways. You know, <laughs> look, if this is the real world in rural Illinois, it might not have gone that way. But I think it's just, he's like, I just don't get it. But, you know, it's my grandkid and <laughs> I love him, you know? Um, I did like when he made a birdhouse, though. I thought that was interesting. Oh, that was so irritating to me. <laughs> I was like, Darlene, wake up. You yeah. can't give this to someone as a well, replica of their, like, Lanford home. Like, just <laughs> tell the kid, great job. You keep this one. Yeah, this, one, like, this one's for you. Like, I, when she was like, Dad! Adam was yeah. like, come on. What he he ugly ass bird. He designed out. the back room of Studio 54. Who wouldn't want that? <laughs> uh anyway, I don't know. I, I've enjoyed it and I'm just I don't know. I'm still surprised that people are, you know, just like, well, I'm not gonna watch it. And uh, I don't I quite think that's get that. A small minority. Yeah. Oh, it definitely is. But I, I it, it they were a vocal minority before it was starting. And then, you know, it's such a big show that they're like, all right, I guess I don't get to take my victory lap for how it didn't work. Maybe those people didn't get the show to begin with i mean it's very possible uh before we move on from roseanne uh the original last season of the show is something that a lot of people are very critical of oh i Uh, love it uh (laughs) i mean they won the lottery and uh you know dan's dead and you know well that's for like five seconds yeah i know but he's that he's not on the show that much either you know and yeah, they're traveling a lot. It's a lot of Jackie and a Roseanne lot of Jackie and Roseanne adventures. Do you watch the show? Absolutely fabulous. Yeah, well, I remember ever. there was an episode where oh, they ran into yeah. Patsy and Adina, which I thought was very exciting. They were supposed to do an American version of that show. Oh, Carrie no. Fisher was going to write it, and then I think they realized that show doesn't it's work on American not, television. Yeah, because yeah, the cultures, yeah. the yeah. fashion culture, so is very different. stuff like that. What I thought was kind of fun, but yeah, it's just I don't know. It's you I could, how out there it was. Yeah, I like, mean, it I was love Roseanne when it's the most out there. I mean, it was a little too out there. I think when, the idea that they won the lottery and went to Disneyland. I'm like, okay, I get it. You're on ABC, but <laughs> yeah. I would have loved if they were still rich. And like they start it as like kind of like almost like the second half. It's like a new, yeah. you know, like them living in some fancy house, like yeah. like in Chicago or something. <laughs> like I, I get a kick out of that.
Well, welcome back to the Blackcast. Still joined by Michael Shirley, but in a very different time and place. We are transcending the time-space continuum for a few minutes here, like I mentioned at the intro. Because, Michael, as you'll remember, when you were on the Blackcast and we recorded this episode, we talked a lot about the Roseanne reboot and how excited we were. The what? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and we were uh, optimistic for things we might see in the future. And we thought it was crazy that people would just not watch it because of the politics <laughs> surrounding it. And you were like, man, I don't want to get political. And then Roseanne went and just threw a big old Roseanne-sized monkey wrench in our whole conversation. <laughs> we had had a really nice conversation about Roseanne. But now, oh. if... People are listening to this when the episode posts a whole month later. They're going to be like, well, this is really weird that they're talking about this <laughs> and not addressing the controversy. And if there is nothing that we like uh, less on the black cast is ignoring controversy. So we like to wade right into it. And <laughs> this is also, as I mentioned in the intro, it's a lesson in when you record things, you should probably just put them out right away. Don't sit on them for a month because then you got to go in and do some damage control. And I don't know, that's never fun. Uh, so, Michael, when you found out about Roseanne's tweets, ABC firing her and all that, what Ugh. was your reaction? Well, one of my AfterBuzz co-hosts, uh, Sam Davidson, actually sent me the story and I was like oh my gosh and when I read it I was very 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 disappointed in Roseanne to say the least being that the show's always been about inclusivity and that I mean that was about as worse as this is about as worse as it gets like I can't I don't even really know. Yeah, I mean, she had said things over the years, you know, characterizing people in unflattering ways, but that's kind of what you expect. But then it's kind of like the one thing that she really needed to do was not be racist. And a lot of other things could have been forgiven, you know, because she's who she is. She could have gotten away with being sexist. You know, she could have gotten away with being ageist. There are a lot of ists that she could have gotten away with. But this yeah. was really the one where it's like ABC was left with no alternative. I am surprised that they acted so quickly just because of how much money the show was generating for the network and the fact that the network had the number two show when they don't have a lot of hits on ABC. So, uh, what it's, about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? <laughs> <laughs> that, that is a, what we call a fan favorite, a cult okay. hit. That is not a, a smash hit. So it was it was really disappointing, and you know, look. Unfortunately, it's not entirely unexpected. Oh well, actually. Well, no, not that she said something always... racist, but that she would say something that would get her in trouble. I don't yeah. mean what yeah. she said specifically, but that she would ultimately say something. And it just reinforces my belief that if you have hundreds of jobs that hang on the balance for what you do and, you know, millions and maybe even a billion dollars, you probably just shouldn't be on Twitter, you know? Just write things on, like, an angry scratch pad the way that, <laughs> the way that my grandpa used to do, and then it's just sort of there on the kitchen table, and, and that's enough. You're, you've vented, you know? You've gotten it out of your system. And I, I think mean, this will be a lesson to people who are more controversial in the entertainment world. I think this sends a big lesson to managers and agents. You know, I wouldn't doubt if we'd be seeing this in contracts coming up. Like, 
must disable all social media accounts. Um, yeah, I think there's two ways to do it. I think one is you are immediately vetted and everything that you put out there has to go through a third party. Like we have a social media manager that you right. can post what you want to. You don't have to just promote the show. But because you're promoting the show or, you know, look, uh, comedians have gotten in trouble with this. You know, Gilbert Gottfried lost a, a, a very lucrative contract with Affleck where all he had to do was go into a studio and say, Affleck. Like, you know, every yep. two months. So you just need somebody that's like, no, don't don't say that. You know, you can't say that. Or it's like, oh, you're angry about this. Let's focus on this aspect. You know, you, you don't want to stifle people's opinions unless they're racist. Then you do need somebody to stifle your opinion. It, it was just so completely shocking to me. I would have never pegged her for racist, um, especially given so many storylines in this show. And even in the new reboot, you know, with her Middle Eastern neighbors, it was just such a shock. I mean, obviously she is so, she has such strong feelings about politics. I think that kind of outweighs the rights and the wrongs for her. Um, super disappointed in her. It makes me look at her a different way. I hate that I'm looking at her a different way, but I can't help it. You know, I do not support any form of racism. It's, this is... 2018 it's just it's just ridiculous no one's better than anyone else but i did find it really interesting how she blamed it on ambient yeah now look i've i've definitely <laughs> had a, a, interactions with people on ambient and i do know that it uh, makes you crazy it makes you forgetful you're like sleepwalking through life but i'm pretty right. sure and the makers of ambient were funny enough to tweet none of our side effects include racism right so, I, <laughs> I thought that was a great jab back yeah there. um I, if I were her, I probably wouldn't have mentioned the whole ambient thing yet. I probably would have waited till I got my stint on Dr. Phil for that. Yeah. You know, I mean, when I heard that, I thought, well, you know, kind of like when you drink, you might say things that you really think, but you normally wouldn't say. So maybe this did aid her in saying something she would normally say, but that's obviously how she really feels and thinks. And I think that's the most important thing about that. Yeah, I think it was Bill Maher who said that, you know, we know Roseanne has multiple personalities and unfortunately <laughs> one of them is racist. You know, if none of them were racist, she would be fine. I, I think that's a good way to joke about it. Yeah. But no, I know. Yeah, I, obviously. I mean, it's like, what what can you do? You know, somebody that's been so funny over the years and somebody yeah. that I've, I've enjoyed you know, for literally for 30 years at this point. And like you said, it's disappointing. Now, there is a lot of conversation about the possibility of trying to continue the show without her. I can't imagine doing that. I think that as great as Laurie Metcalf and John Goodman and Sarah Gilbert and everybody else are, I kind of, not even kind of, I don't want to see a show without her. I don't want to see that show without her. If, if they want to be part of a cast of a brand new show that they develop that has nothing to do with the Roseanne show, then more power to them. But I don't want to see the continuation of the characters oh, without do. her. You do? I, I do. Oh, tell well, me about I, this. For, well, everyone who's seen the last episode, you see that she's stuffing her face before surgery. So well, from a logical standpoint, you can definitely do it. But I, I, I would say, I would make it a huge joke. I would say Roseanne should have stopped, you know, at 9 o'clock or whatever. She went to like 9.15 eating, and that killed her. I mean, <laughs> I think that she... They need to have her die in the surgery, and I think they need to make fun of her 
for the entirety of that show. I don't know if they're going to call it Darlene or what. I want to see it. I mean, people die. Sure. still love if Roseanne had died and they wanted to reboot this cast, I would have been all for it. It's a lot different because people have used the example that also about 30 years ago, Valerie Harper had a sitcom for NBC that was called Valerie. And Uh, she was so difficult that they killed her off after the first season. And then they called it Valerie's Family. And Sandy Duncan, who was the aunt, came in and everything. Never heard of that show, actually. Well, (laughs) yeah. And then it was, then ultimately they just called it the Hogan Family. They took, you know, that was their character's last name. You know, Jason Bateman was on it. And that show just became the Hogan Family. It was on long enough that I think it ended up in, in reruns. But it's a very different time. She's not the same kind of personality. Sure, she was a big enough personality to get a show, but again, that was after the first season. And it was a completely different example, and I think that, sure, there's there's definitely precedent for characters being written out, you know, main characters from a popular TV show, but I just don't think... For me, it doesn't work in this way. However, if they do it, I will certainly want to check it out to see what they did. I would want them to keep the name Roseanne, but I don't think they want to pay her the royalties. Yeah, but I think that because it's her show, she would have to get something, although she's been fairly outspoken about how she got a really bad deal to begin with. So I don't know, but (laughs) it'll be interesting to see, but I would definitely check it out once. I don't know how I'd feel about watching the show. If if it were funny, I would watch it again, but uh, I don't know. The whole thing is very disappointing, and... As I was editing this episode of The Blackcast and listening to our exciting conversation, just all of our excitement and how much fun we had talking about Roseanne, it's like, oh, it's it's all for naught now, you know? (laughs) But we wanted to just sort of step in here and give a little modern-day perspective, and uh, I appreciate Michael taking some time out of his busy day to do a little a little FaceTime audio and give your thoughts. Is there anything else you want to say before we step back into the Wayback Machine and we go way back to May 12th of this year? I just want to say that I think all this Roseanne stuff sucks. I absolutely agree. I was so excited the show was back. And so mad at her. I'm very mad at her. It, it spoke yeah. to a segment of the population that doesn't have a lot of voices, especially on network TV. And it showed that if you cater them, you can be a success. But unfortunately, it then allows you to paint the brush. Well, we'll like, see, she's a Trump supporter and she's a racist. So that supports everything. I, yeah, yeah, that's gone through my mind, too. Yeah. How unflattering that is for the show. Yeah. yeah. Again, it's it's very sad. But, uh, Michael, we will uh, have to have you back on the Blackcast under happier circumstances sometime <laughs> in the near future. Thank you. And now back to our previously scheduled conversation with Michael Shirley.
Well, anyway, we could talk about Roseanne all day, but that's not <laughs> what we sat down to, to talk about. It's on the list, though. Um, one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about, and we've talked a little bit about this personally and on Marvel TV Weekly in the past, but talk a little bit about how you first started reading comics, caring about superhero characters. This uh, you know, is so different. It's so different than what? Roseanne. Yes, it is. <laughs> because Roseanne you watched when you were in college. You know? I, yeah, I discovered Roseanne when I was like 16. I discovered like comic books when right. I was like four. Right, so. exactly. So it, 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 it's a good way to go even further back. Yeah, yeah. Big passion. Um, my father was a huge, huge baseball fan. It still is a huge baseball fan. And... At the time, like the trading card industry was very big, you know, in the we're talking late about the 80s, early late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, I believe my first set is at eighty nine. Is it the set? What the set, which set is that? Marvel and DC. I liked them both. But I, I had them those, all in binders. Yeah, I remember uh, you brought them in once. Yeah. Uh, I I have you know not a great collection, but I have a collection of those cards. I still have them. I, I always liked those cards. I liked you know the back where you'd find out more about them. You know because it, yeah. you know the information wasn't as readily available as now. Where it's like mm -hmm. I kind of want to know every appearance Thanos ever made, and let me go <laughs> ahead and figure out what they are. You know, and it just it'll tell you things that you didn't know. Right. You know, and I, I don't know. I always kind of liked those cards. I thought they were cool. And you know when you got the right character you're like yes yeah. this pack was worth buying you know? well when my dad was a kid he collected baseball cards and it he just kept going kind of like i guess i am now with comics right. so like when he was in you know his mid late 30s and i was little he would go to like uh, baseball conventions and there would always be like comic book areas yeah and they would have like cards comics figures all the kinds of stuff like that and it kind of started from going to those with him and he would end up, when he bought, like, a box of cards, we wouldn't just buy, like, a pack. He would buy, like, the box. And he would buy baseball for him, and he would buy Marvel or DC for me. And we would, like, sit together in our game room and go through all our cards and make our sets and figure out, you know, which cards yeah. we were missing, uh, which... Uh, what do they call the special cards? I guess they call them the special cards. Yeah, well, <laughs> the I mean, there, there would always like, be the rare ones, yeah, you know, the yeah. more collectible ones. So then yeah. we would take, you know, what was left and go to like a local comic book shop. There were probably like three, three four, five in Memphis at that time. Now yeah. there's probably like one or two. Yeah, but, but after there were three, there was probably a point where there were 10, and I now know. there's only one. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we'd go in there and try to complete our sets and trade off and the kind of. Uh, would notice the comic books when I would go in those yeah. stores where that was more of a focus and or when we'd go to like Walmart or something back when they used to have comic books like in sure. me mega retailers uh, I would go to that while my parents were doing whatever so it just kind of just happened just naturally stuck. like whereas a lot of kids or little boys when they were uh, were young would play with like cars and trucks I was playing with action figures right. and uh collecting these cards yeah. yeah no no i mean and it's part of the the whole you know collecting and reading comics and all that you know i grew up in a really small town uh you know it's 45 miles from 
Manhattan, but it might as small town. What was gonna say? <laughs> believe me, it is a small town. Manhattan's not a small town. Like, but from it, New York it City, might as well have been. Uh, you know, I, I say it's forty-five miles, but it's like sometimes it's two hours and kind of like twenty years away from uh, New York City. It definitely felt that way. And I mean, it was a small. It used to be a resort town. Uh, for people who listen to Black Cats, I've talked about Greenwood Lake before. It's a small town of like three thousand people. My it's high school grad. Okay, but my high school graduating class was sixty three people, and that's two towns put together. So, <laughs> and whether the other town had four I, kids, I my saw my town had fifty nine. Yes, there's a prom coming up here at After Buzz TV that I won't be able to go oh, to. Yes. And our friend Stephen Lemieux asked if anybody had prom photos. I'm like, well, I'm not going, but I'll send you mine. And uh, I I don't think. You were very kind to my prom photo. I think I was uh, very dapper. That was the first time I ever wore a tuxedo. I probably didn't wear a tuxedo again until my wedding, uh, unless I went to an Emmys before that. No, no, I didn't go to the Emmys until after my my wedding. So yeah, that was the next time that I wore. You a tuxedo. had to meet your like fancy wife to get into. The <laughs> Emmys. I mean, that kid in that picture wasn't getting to go to the Emmys, was he? <laughs> Who was bringing him to the I don't Emmys? know. For me, I think it was the, the girlfriend, but then you clap back at me. What? She, I was, I she was went like, on to marry a rock star. I was like, who's the girl that probably like hangs out in Sam Goody? I don't know, like hang out in the magazine section okay. at the music store. So she dated me, so obviously there was something wrong with her. I think everything else was fine. That girl lived in the big city. She lived in New York. And so she I got to bring her in on a train for your prom. Uh, she came out on the bus. <laughs> It was a little, uh, the train didn't go to my town. That's how far away my town was. My town was right when the suburbs started to get rural. Like the next town over, there's like cornfields and cow pastures and stuff. You know, we're like in the mountains. It's an old resort town from the 60s that people started moving out of the city and just like living in these summer houses because, you know, anybody who's ever seen a movie set in New York in the 70s or an actual movie that was, you know, like Shaft <laughs> or that film in your town? No. But if you see New York, you're just like, I don't know why anybody would live there yeah so yeah, people yeah, moved yeah. out and uh you know it was great too yeah, new york was really not a <laughs> safe or nice or pretty I mean, place in the late 70s early no 80s. and even in the early 90s the point when i started going into the city regularly i mean that walk from port authority all that, to Times that 45 square, minutes you walk there i did no the walk from port authority <laughs> Uh, through Times Square. I mean, it used to be like all the all the porno theaters and the sex shops and everything. And you know, now it's like, oh look, it's Disneyland. You know, it's like, like chain bummer. restaurants. Uh, to you know, in some ways, you know, but um, <laughs> it wasn't a nice place. Like, I've I've said this to my wife, who's a little bit younger than I am. She's what eight years younger than me. It's just like, you know. You and your family wouldn't have taken trips to New York City in the early '90s. You just didn't do it. It wasn't a thing that people did. You know, it wasn't a place. It wasn't you cool to... or fun. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't cool. It wasn't fun. It wasn't safe. You know what I mean? It was, it was probably reasonably affordable, in all honesty. But it's just not somewhere that you you went. Not with families. You know, went you went with your maybe your your mistress or you know your mob friends or something. Not, <laughs> your not that, mob friends. Not that there is a or mafia. your prom date. Uh, My prom date. She, she knew the city, right? She knew the city really well, and that's I. I give her a lot of credit for one. You know, just having the the pity to date me. She just but, looked super eager. I guess I was just like, ha ha. And you're like, well, she married a rock star. I'm like, oh, she did marry a rock star. And in that picture, she's 16. You know, so she was she was at the prom. You know, just as a 16 year old. So she was super excited. You know, who's not going to be that excited? Me. 
Well, did you even go? Or yeah, we, I went. Because right, there's. I was the next to last person to show up. My best friend was the last person to show up. I mean, you'd have those people that just don't go, and you know, like in the moment, like I, I, I had the group of friends that went bowling instead, and I'm like, you know, I feel like shut when I'm. Up. I, I wish, I wish I could shut up about that. Did but they have Dungeons and Dragons back then? They, they had it even before me, but this oh, wasn't wow. that crowd. Okay. This was like that was like the stoner crowd that was like, no man, we're too cool for this. Uh, not that there weren't stoners at the prom, but that was like a specific group that didn't go. And they didn't invite you guys to hang with them. Uh, no, no, they did not. Well, I wanted to go. I always felt like it was one of those things Rites that you that you'd look back on yeah. and like, well, why didn't I go? I'm still glad I went. I mean, I had I had fun. I mean, I I'm glad I went. I just don't really remember it very well. Were you were you drinking that night? Is that why you don't remember? <laughs> You're like, I just had some energy drinks. What do I know? <laughs> I just was on like 10 rock stars. Yeah, well, it makes it hard to remember all the same. <laughs> anyway, the reason why I started talking about my small town, though, was that there there was like a newsstand sort of like coffee shop, dinette, I think was actually the name. And they had like a rack of comic books there so I could buy comic books. But there's a point where they stopped carrying comic books. And then the place closed shortly thereafter. So if I wanted that was to, their business. I mean, not the comic books, but if I wanted to get comic books, I, I mostly subscribed to comics because like other stores where you could get comics, and I, I'm talking about anywhere, like a grocery store or 7-Eleven, any of that was like about a half an hour away, and I wasn't going to get there without my parents driving me. And, uh, you know, it's too little to take that big bus into the big city, so that wasn't happening until I was in high school. So... Uh, I was always excited, like, if I went to go visit relatives and they had a 7-Eleven near their house, believe it or not, this is a big deal. Because 7-Elevens always had comic books back then. So I was like, oh, I got to see what they have. Driving around, trying to, I talked about this very recently on the podcast, driving around because I needed the story where Peter and Mary Jane got married. Because if you subscribe to Amazing Spider-Man, you don't get the annuals. You have to, you have to go find those on your own. A lot of like driving around trying to find comics, and I, you know, I'd miss issues, and I'd be like, "Oh my god, do they have any old ones here?" You know, it. it uh, I didn't even know you could subscribe to comic books until you told me like a month ago. I mean, even I now, did not even know that the last page. Of, like, look at any comic; it's like oh, I don't subscribe. Read the ads, yeah. I mean, I don't think I've ever read an ad in a comic book. I, I think I bought candy based on ads that were, you know, like I, I bought a, a bonkers. Or, I'm too smart for that. Well, I was, I, you know what? I, I was just simple folk from out in the country. There's still a drive-in a town away from, a drive-in movie theater a town away from where. Your I family grew. still live there? No, no, no. no. The, that house got sold uh, when the uh, family splintered apart, as it Sorry, were. That's all right. Hey, everybody's still alive. It's okay. Um. No, both of my parents live separately in Florida now. And uh, that's just depressing, you know, because who, well, you know, that's the way these things go. She I lives on that sleep street. She lives on that street. They're not that, no, they're like a, I don't know, a couple hours apart or something like that. But uh, yeah. Anyway. When I saw your picture, I looked in real close because I wanted to see yes. if you had the, the little wisp. No, the white spot on my eyebrow little... is what he's talking about. Yeah. No, I when, was not born with that. When I first met you, I was like, oh, my God, it's like Rogue. Like, I'm going to yeah. like him. Like, I knew I was going to like you because you and, had this little whisk. And you were wrong, and you uh, you hated me, but you put up <laughs> with me. You tolerate me. No, that's not something I was born with. That actually happened. When you got your mutant powers. Yes, but my mutant <laughs> powers are 
really just to be extra bitchy, you know, and that's really all I've got. Uh, but no, that actually happened uh, when I, I like hit my head on something like a, really? like a pipe. This is only I've only had this for about four or five years. Yeah. And I thought it was going to go away. It actually got smaller from when I first had it happen. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things that I suppose I could I could die it, but your I was, wife hit you with a pipe. Yeah, you know, look, I was talking out of turn. I, I did, you know, what I wasn't holding the talking stick at that point. It wasn't, it wasn't my turn to talk. No, it was just uh, there, there's a pipe in our garage, and uh, I was showing the cable guy around, and uh, boom, right there, and oh, did that hurt? Have but you the, read into that? Like, yeah, so you can like bump your head, and that. Happens? I mean, f yeah, that's how like that kind of trauma can happen. You know, you you have stories of people who've had like a gun pointed to their head, and they have a white spot there, and like they don't get shot there. Just like it's just things that happen. You oh know? my lord! Look at look at Scott Bakula's real hair. You know, I mean, he had. I don't think. Well, I you know, sometimes you see, you'll see like an old lady with like just a white stripe, mm -hmm. and it's not like a rogue. I kind do. Of you know, I know people statement. that that's how they went gray. That is was so that crazy? Yeah. Well, I love it. I wish I had one. I'm gonna go bang my head against the wall <laughs> when I get out of here. Well, if you I have really to like watch punk rock, if you know? have to watch season two of The Gifted, you probably will have to bang your head against the wall. You know, I I told you at the end it wasn't it's not it wasn't so bad towards the end. No, it picked up. I think it picked up out of necessity like, because it wasn't. It was, it, it was a, that family of theirs. The yeah, well, the, the humans, the, the kids. I'm fine with. Yeah. I know. I, you know, the dad's not even. No, it's the mom. But you hate the mom because oh. of what show was she on? Was she on Breaking Bad? She was on Angel. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, oh, I have her confused. I know who I was thinking of. Kristen Ritter? No, I like Kristen Ritter. She's on Breaking Bad. No, the, the wife from Breaking Bad I'm ended surprised up on... you watched Breaking Bad. I did. You... Okay, because I've seen, you, you I've seen the pilot. You hate those shows that show you the same thing over and over. Well, and I, hate, does that I hate episodes of shows where like you're forced to relive the same thing time and again, You know, when you're in some kind of time loop. And at least there's... How, and Breaking Bad is kind of from different camera angles. <laughs> yeah, well, there's that at least. At least you have a different camera angle. <laughs> What role does the X-Men animated series play for you in terms of liking these superhero characters? Because that's one of the things yeah. we talk a lot about on Marvel TV Weekly is just how important that TV show was for mostly for people younger than me. But, you know, yeah. look, I was in college and that show was still important to it me. It was really cool uh, because they had a lot of shows in the 70s and 80s that were Marvel cartoon based. But yeah. I was born in 1985, so I didn't really have a good show that had all these characters. I couldn't really put like voices with them, yeah. you know? And when that came out, I it was my favorite show. I was watching it in Memphis. And for some reason, our Fox Syndicate, we weren't getting new episodes every week. Like sometimes it would go like a month and we wouldn't have any. And then wow. it would start again. And it would like, I had missed episodes. Um, it was like everything to me. Like I love to sleep in it. I would get up early on Saturday mornings to try to watch it and I would buy the tapes and I think you brought in one of the tapes. It, no, I don't have any of well, that's a different tape. That was the Oh, the you that was a pride, pride of, of the X Men. X -Men that's tape, what you brought yeah. in. Yeah. But uh no, I loved it and I never saw the full thing all the way out because of the syndication like yeah. glitches until I was in college and I 
ordered like a bootleg version. <laughs> it is like so bad. It's like but, somebody recorded it off a TV and burned it to DVD. Yeah, I like, have stuff yeah, like that that look really bad. I pay like twenty bucks. Yeah, for I have like the the Star Wars holiday special, which was like <laughs> it's just a bad VHS copy that I transferred. I mean, it's, the quality of the show has nothing yeah. to do. With it. It's just stuff that was like you know recycled. I, that my copy of that Fantastic Four movie that Roger Corman made. I bought that for well, twenty bucks. We're never gonna get an official version. <laughs> I think we should. Because Maybe in like ten years, when they made a Fantastic Four, they're happy. They're with, supposed we'll get to. It. They're supposed to make a movie about the making of that and like how they just slapped it together so that they didn't lose the rights. And if they do that, you can put that movie as like a bonus feature on on the Blu-ray or whatever. It should be the bonus feature on Rock and Roll High School. Why? <laughs> wait a minute. It's, it's a Roger Corman. Movie. Oh, because it's a Roger Corman movie. Yeah. Oh, I, I was just, just like, wait. I'm like, cheesy. wait. Clint Howard wasn't. In I adore that movie. By the way, Rock and Roll High School. Oh, yeah. So were you a big Ramones fan growing up? Not until I'd say probably like middle school. Okay. That's a valid time though to find the Ramones regardless like the of when you were born. Yeah. 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 Uh I I think that uh that but back to the the TV show. So did you only like the X-Men show or did you like Spider-Man? Did you like Batman? You know, like all the there cuz Yeah, the, Batman came way before all that. So we did have that. I feel like I was Cuz that was like on during the day. Yeah. when Batman came. Believe out. it or not, those shows all started around the same time, mm-hmm. but Batman was during the day, weekdays, and then X-Men was just on weekends, you know? Yeah. Uh Batman was like coming on like every afternoon. Yeah. Uh, right. They they did a lot more of those. And yeah. X-Men was just a a weekend show. I liked them all i yeah. didn't uh follow the fantastic four the iron man those weren't quite as, as well much. done as those and there was a we've talked on marvel tv weekly there was a silver surfer show like there were some that you know just didn't catch on they weren't i don't know they weren't quite but that x-men show is kind of a phenomenon even people that didn't read comics you know and then they go to see like superhero movies now they're like oh yeah i know these characters from the x-men so tv show so many characters yeah. and i think that's what made the show so fun and work in this way or the pride of the x-men wasn't going to work i thought um you could kind of trail off on all these storylines with yeah. all the different X-Men. no the yeah the the pride of the x-men which is for i feel like if you're listening to the black cast you know but it's a it's a pilot for an x-men series that ultimately didn't go forward but it sort of so was the good. the basis for them getting to do it again and i think it's, they made that konami game out of it cuz yes. they were planning for it to be like they th- figured it was going to happen gonna yeah. Be, yeah and uh so that show i think would have been good, but it was from kind of a different sensibility. You were older than me. How yes. did you feel about it? Was it too young for you? No, I rewatched it, it and I'm like, it's a Kitty nice. cries a lot on it, you know. And no, then, I'm talking about the um, oh the the 90s one. The 90s. No, the one. 90s one I think was pretty well done, and it helped that I watched it with my sister, who's seven years younger, you know, and okay. she liked it. She liked the characters, and look, there were a lot of cool, like badass superhero women on there, which I think was great for her, mm-hmm. and she was excited. Uh, so I think that helped. But I was just glad that they faithfully adapted a lot of these stories, and they had cool representations of characters like Bishop and Longshot and Mojo and Dazzler. Like you got to see all these characters. And you were talking about some of the older Marvel series, and 
I've talked before about Spider-Man and his amazing friends. It's not it's a particularly really, good really, show. Really? I don't I don't it, agree. I love how like the apartment flips and it's I mean, just like I love that show. That show is is for kids. It, that plays very young and there are episodes of that show that are good in that there's an episode with the X-Men. There's an episode called Seven Little Superheroes that is Doctor Strange, Captain America and all these guest stars. Those are cool. I liked those. Um but the fact that, you know, they invent Firestar for that show because they Jeez. didn't have so enough great. to exi- She's and a I cool love character. How her character's evolved. She's one and of the characters we've seen in the comics who actually, you know, gets like a debilitating disease caused yeah. from their powers. Like the radiation gives her breast cancer. I think that's such a real, such a great look at it. Um, I, I think I, they, I feel like they pretty much well didn't create Jubilee for the new X the nineties X Men cartoon. No, but she had not been in the comic books enough, and she was pretty she'd, much the star. She'd of that only show. been around for a couple years, yeah. and what they did is they took sort of the viewpoint of Kitty from Pride of the X Men, mm-hmm. and they just replaced her with Jubilee. And in a lot of ways, Jubilee kind of is a replacement for Kitty because she has this That's close the relationship part with Wolverine. Of it. You know, it's a school. Yeah, right. Exactly. There should be more kids, and you know, there's always like. Why exactly is Jubilee not on the New Mutants? And, you know, there's a point where they put Kitty on the New Mutants. But they meet Jubilee at a point when they're not living at the mansion. It's this point when they're all living they're at the in the mall. Aus- well, yeah, they meet her at the mall. <laughs> they're living in the Australian outback, which was just sort of an interest, you know, which was sort of like Chris Claremont, like, well, I've been writing this thing for 14 years. Let me just uh, try and move it somewhere. Let me just try and do something different. And, uh, you know, I think that. Uh, editorial is always like, yeah, but shouldn't they live in that cool X mansion that they have? Why, why, are, why aren't they there? Why are they living in the Australian outback? Why are they pretending they're dead? You know, all those things. Um, why did Scott move to Alaska? Scott moved to Alaska because he was retired. He hated it, though. He, I mean, obviously, he always had a hitch for it. I'll tell you who he hated. It was Madeline Pryor. That's who he hated. He was always like, I wish you were Gene. Oh, my God, Gene's alive? See you later, baby cable. I'm it, out. It is really like, he really did one of those like sh- shitty dad kind of well it's very moves. inconsistent with his character <laughs> I know that he he's like a like captain the deadbeat dad leaves yeah, you he's like a captain america Sp- peter parker spider-man type like he's like one of those guys you're just like yeah he's just he's wholesome he's good he, everything that you want in a superhero and then he leaves i i always say he leaves his pregnant wife but apparently she did actually go into labor and then he's like all right you're good i'm out Right she after. was the one that helped him control his his bla- his optic blast. Like if it weren't for Madeline, yeah, yeah. She, he would have to wear that visor all, all the, the time. time. Yeah, but you know, he's just. What have you done for me lately? It's like, oh my god, Gene's alive. I'm I'm out. Well, and uh, I don't know. I mean, it's just it's just a, it's first a, love. Yeah, it's you know th- that's like one of those things that annoys me is. You know, there have been Spider-Man stories where, I don't know, they sort of deal with the afterlife and things, and he sees Gwen Stacy. I'm like, Gwen Stacy? How about how about the woman you married? How about Mary Jane? How about how about she's the love of your life? Not some not some broad who got tossed off a bridge and you broke her back. First love. I know, exactly. I guess so. It wants what it wants. That's the tough part of that story, and I know we're jumping around. It's not that you know, the Green Goblin didn't kill Gwen Stacy. Have you seen the uh, the Gwen Stacy cover that J. Scott Campbell did for Spider-Man 800? I've seen a few covers of Spider-Man 800, he but I haven't seen eight. that one. 
He did eight. He did eight of them. He did eight variants. And he's he's like your like top notch artist. And because you send me pictures all the time, like I he. Do. I'm like, don't you care about this? I do because <laughs> I think he did a a Colossus and Kitty cover, didn't he? He did like a variant, I think. I, I don't know. He he's the guy you get to do a lot and of you, your variants. He does variants because now they look at him as like a rock star. Mm-hmm. Like of the art world. I know this guy, uh, Dave Dorman, who did a lot of Star Wars covers and things, and he gets to do, asked to do a lot of variants. Like he did a, a cool variant for Action Comics number 1000. It'd be so cool just to do the covers and not have to do the comic. Well, I think if you do the comic, you get paid a little bit more, but you know, probably not I don't know, that much. Not unless, I mean, I don't know if they're making more than J. Scott Campbell. But well, that's true. I guess if you're when you're when, when you're, you're doing eight variants, when you're at the know. the rock star level, yeah, your favorite's Art Adams, isn't it? I yeah, it's tough for me to pick who my favorite was because when we talk about great artists, I do like the old style. I'm actually not a huge Jack Kirby guy just because I feel like it wasn't. I don't know. It's too square, and I don't mean not cool. Just some of his shapes. I I like more like John Romita Sr., Salvashima, those guys who, and more more modern and not modern day, but like modern from when I was reading, this artist Ron Friends who drew Amazing Spider-Man before the McFarlands and the Liefields and the Jim Lees took over, when comic books kind of looked like that style. I mean, mm-hmm. it is the Jack Kirby style. I, I I can't discount that. It's just my preference was he was not my favorite. Sim- more simple to yeah. draw. Like Dave Cockrum, who was the original artist on the new X-Men, is uh, somebody who I think was a great artist because that it's just what comic books look like. That's what they're supposed to look like to me. Now, when I was in high school and, you know, all these hot shit artists come along, uh, like Todd McFarlane and all those guys, you're like, this is all pretty exciting because it looks cool. You, like, hate Jim Lee, though, don't you? Well, I don't hate Jim Lee when he starts drawing the series. I hate Jim Lee when you realize that they were like, oh, my God, you're such a great artist. Draw whatever you want, and the story will fit what you're doing. And and I use as an example for, you know, basically Chris Claremont being driven away from X-Men. But that same thing happened for Spider-Man and for, uh, you know, Louise Simonson kind of got driven away from New Mutants because Liefeld was just like, yeah, I just kind of want to draw this stuff. And who cares what it looks like? You know, who cares what the story is? If it were for him, we wouldn't have that X-Men cartoon. Who, Rob Liefeld? No, Jim Lee. Jim Lee. Well, I mean. Without a doubt, we would not have that cartoon if it weren't for him. I think by the time. It's like based on. It's his style and it's that that era, but I don't. I feel like that. There's stories that were being told simultaneously. Yeah, but a lot of those stories predate him by a lot, you know. But yeah, they they did deal with a lot of the modern things. And I, you know, you know what my one gripe is, really, is that Jim Lee decides that Captain Britain's sister, who is British because her sister is Captain Britain. That he needs to, she needs to become Asian so that he can draw her Asian. Here's an idea: Why don't you create a new goddamn character and draw her Asian? Why is Captain Britain's sister Asian? I, yeah, well, I think I feel the way about Nick Fury the way you feel about that. I can understand that Nick Fury should look like David Hasselhoff. You know, <laughs> I don't think that that's a great TV movie. He but should look like a pirate, Reed Richards. Yes, always. he should. That's not bitchy. That's just because I liked it. He should always look like a pirate, Reed Richards. Um, yeah, I know. And then you get the the Sam Jackson, you know, which I guess works for the movies. You know, we always joke on the black cast about how the first few post credit sequences are like, you know, Nick Fury walking in like, well, 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 well. And then he's like, I got to recruit you for the Avengers. And well, we're going to talk about all that on our next episode of Marvel TV Week, which by the time people hear this, will have already oh, been discussed. Yeah, yeah. So You can find go it. Back go back and find it on YouTube at AfterBuzz TV. 
you'll find that uh, under the what the sci-fi fantasy. We're gonna do megalo megalomaniacs, <laughs> and I think that's what'll be in the title, and we'll we'll talk about all that. And is Sam Jackson a megalomaniac? Find out in that episode. <laughs> Uh, wow. What? I'm just huh. saying. Well, when you think about that story, it just makes it kind of yeah, funny. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So we're talking about, you know, all these. Marvel. We're talking about Marvel. Marvel. Yeah. I don't have a lot to talk about, talk about about DC. Gen 13. That's like my favorite. I don't you know. No, I don't know anything it, about it. it. So it's, it's not even like I didn't like it. I, I know what you're talking about. I just don't know anything about it. Well, you it. know what? You're going to because I have an extra copy of the Fantastic Four meet gen 13 oh i thought i am going to bring that to you all right so by the time people hear it's this it's a one have shot it. it's a one shot and i think you'll really enjoy it I, I look i'm interested in that uh what i wanted to get to was your favorite from especially from that 90s era it seems to be generation x right oh yeah what is sure, it about that team sure. that you like them even more than say the x-men look you and i both have a, a soft spot for excalibur we've talked about that i love the team members of Excalibur are my yeah, favorite. They were my favorite X Men. Literally, my favorite X Men. You X-Men hold all that the torch for Captain Britain and his whole family. I do love Captain Britain. <laughs> Alan Davis did a great Captain Britain run. Uh, you know, at a different time. And uh, interesting side story that I've been told about Alan Davis is that he was based in the UK and then he wouldn't work on American comics when the exchange rate wasn't favorable. He's just like, no, I'm good. That's the only time I'd work. But. Uh, we both like Excalibur, and uh, you really got into Generation X. Though. Generation X and Gen 13 are my favorite comics, for sure. I, I think it's funny because they both have the word Gen, like, starts it. Yeah, that, it's obviously what it is. <laughs> but I felt like also Generation X was kind of like, I hate to say this, like a knockoff of Gen 13. Really? A little bit. I'm going to have to understand Gen 13 better to realize if that's it's true. It's basically, Gen 13 is basically a team of, they're like the 13th generation of like genetically modified like humans that are used as kind of like a um, secret, you know, like FBI type of thing. Right. And they're all teenagers and they're all kind, they're all very 90s, like very 90s. Well, those those costumes are, I don't even know if you're talking about Gen 13 or Generation <laughs> X, but Gen Generation 13, X, yeah. is, they're very 90s. Um, what I remember about Generation X was Husk, Cannonball's sister. Uh -huh. uh, the guy whose like face was like all energy and blown off. Chamber. Yeah. And uh, M. M. And or Monet, whatever yeah, you want to call her. Right. And uh, other than that, I mean, I read the book, too, and I didn't Skins dislike it. Really yes, cool. I do He's remember like Skin, though, say that. like gang member from LA. But my strongest memory of Generation X really is... Emma Frost. The TV movie that they made, which so many of these TV movies uh, we we analyzed once on Marvel TV Weekly. You know, some of uh, you know people talk about you know all the Marvel successes. We looked at some of the things that weren't so successful. The aforementioned <laughs> Roger Corman Fantastic Four movie, the aforementioned Nick Fury, well David Hasselhoff Agent of Shield, and the Generation X pilot. And uh, you know these are all I, things that didn't quite work. Usually, like I'll I'll still hold a candle for it. Like I, you can't tell me that Captain America, the first the volume, 1990 the Captain volume, America, Volume One Captain America yeah. is like so good. Volume Two, The Punisher, Thomas Jane, so good. <laughs> like there's some that I'll never like back down off of but the generation x made for tv movie was really bad it was not that good. was why it didn't turn into a tv show yeah it was at a time and it was for fox so if anybody could have done that i think fox could have i mean but they were also optioned for like a like a cartoon oh. like um 
because I don't know if you remember at that time they were started putting out Generation X action figures. They put out like the whole team when the wow. comic like first came out, and they were wanting to transition like Jubilee over I, to like a illust- over to a, a cartoon. I see. I always felt happen. like they wanted Generation X to be bigger than it was, mm-hmm. and well, they, it's back now. It is back now, but they their best characters ended up kind of more like X Force was the the big team because the New Mutants after issue one hundred turns into X Force. X-Force well, ever. I'll tell you this. I really never. liked the New Mutants uh, throughout the run. And then as it sort of petered off right before it turned into X-Force, I just didn't like it as much. I like some of the original New Mutants characters like Cannonball and Sunspot and Karma, who was possessed by the Shadow King for uh, quite some time, actually. So uh, I think that those stories were great. But, yeah, I just sort of was a lot less into it. I think my favorite... X team next to all that would probably be X Factor because we get so many. Like it almost becomes like X Men. Do you some like? Point. Do you like when <laughs> X Factor was the original X Men? Are you talking about later when like Strong Guy was on the team or both? Yeah, I like it because you do feel like it. Sometimes you're like the earlier ones. You feel like you're reading X Men comics. Yeah. But then I do love the new team with like Polaris and Havoc and yeah. Um, Strong Guy with like Wolf Spain and. Yeah. Wolf Spain originally from the New Mutants as well, yeah. who's a character that I liked. I know you have a you have a soft spot for the Summers family, so you were yes. probably glad that Havoc and Polaris got you know some limelight there. Mm-hmm. And then of course that's part of your problem with the Gifted was the actress that they cast to play <sighs> Polaris in the pilot. She doesn't even have green hair, you know. And like the second episode, they're like, oh, let's wash that black dye out of your hair. There's Maybe your I was green. A little hard on her. Like honestly, well like, by the Havoc end of the season, could do no wrong for me. Yeah, like, he could make out with Madeline Pryor and almost marry her like he did and I still don't feel I don't care look the 90s were a complicated time there was a lot going on she was the goblin queen yeah look I don't know why I like Havoc so much he's really not the best guy when he's considering his brother I was gonna say he's not the best superhero in that family you know I mean if you especially even if you count Gene and Rachel and you know I just always really liked him yeah Mimic you know there's a a lot in that family (laughs) Anyway, uh, so those those were some of your favorites uh, along the way. And at what point do you start sort of really buying like a lot of comics and really settling in like these are the ones that I like? Like, is it that point when you're a kid or do you like get serious about it later? Or what what exactly happened? I got happened? serious about it when I got my own income. Right. Yeah, uh, that makes as sense. As a kid, I kind of just got, you know, what was there when I was at the store. Yeah. You know, so you miss issues or whatever. But... You know, and once I got into like my twenties, I went back and like found like all my favorites and kind of like bought the entire series. Like I have like every Superboy, every Generation X, every Dazzler, every <sighs> every Dazzler. Mm-hmm. I I have a lot of issues of every her Dazzler. her solo uh, series. And She's drawn really well. I mean, she yeah. I you know when they switched her to the uh, the short hair blue. I love it. I, I just always think of her as Disco Dazzler. I don't care for the whole roller skate. Like, uh, I well, that's just doesn't look like a superhero to me. No, which is kind of why I think I like her so much is because it's you know it's like she's got you know really her focus is on being a rock star and she's like well I guess I can do some superhero that's stuff. That's why I love her because like after comic books the next thing for me like yeah. where my life was just in, all involved was just music so. Yeah. You know, that kind of, that character really blended those two together. And I think that's why I still to this day just love her so much and hope they don't screw her up in like the 
I'm assuming she's gonna be a dark phoenix. Yeah, I would assume. Yeah, they, well, the deleted scene from uh, yeah. X Men Apocalypse, you see what the Sound and Fury, the the Bill Sankiewicz artwork is actually mm-hmm. the album cover. Uh, by the way, the girl in my prom date photo loves to this day Dazzler. She is a huge Dazzler fan. Are you all still friends? We're friendly. Uh, oh just more gosh. like you get old and you know she lives in like Minneapolis and so it's like, you know, how much how in much time big do... rock and roll mansion. Uh no, I think they sold it uh, actually. But uh, I would I let's put it this way, my wife and I went to her wedding, you know, so we're still friendly, you know. So So sweet. You know, hey, it's like they say, uh, you know, it's uh, first love and all. No, I don't know, we're still friendly and like, you know, it's oh, more was than she the... your first She's my first girlfriend, you know. Oh. Okay. And we dated for a long time. Was your first girlfriend your first love? Uh, I think I think my first love was uh, probably Kitty Pride. Uh, or yeah, pos- I, I, or, it probably was. Yeah, or you know maybe Mary <laughs> Jane maybe Watson. Your wife. I, no, I mean my like, wife, she's my third. My wife can't possibly be you know just because I, I was so old by the time I met her. You know, I, was, <laughs> I was 28 when I, I met my wife. I've loved before. I think she understood that. You know, I think she understood that there was a lot of baggage that. Came. Does she ever watch our after shows? No, you no, never she, watch our after shows. Do I do. You? I don't rewatch them when I, I do watch it. every after show we do. I, I I just like to go to the comments and sometimes stir things I up. I know you do. I do. Well, I go to the comments like maybe once a month. I'll t- check it out. And and then when people are mean, I I usually just say something like, "It's we're always so happy you, to hear from our friends." You and this one person, the other. Well, that was I was a funny chain. They were making a, a political statement, and I was just like, "I, you were I actually respecting the leader of our free world." Well, and and I was like, "I I actually shot down the theory that Thanos was Trump." Uh, you know, I'm I should the, have. That was my fault. I never should have asked that because I was like, "Hey, is Thanos Trump?" <laughs> well, and no, then but it all uh, just our went engineer Anthony uh, had brought that up beforehand. I think that was going to come up either way, so I don't I don't think that was your fault. And I was just trying to make a point that I'm like, no, I actually don't agree with that. I don't think that's a fair compare. I think that's a lazy comparison. I think, first of all, I think that Thanos could definitely bring peace to the Middle East very quickly um, <laughs> just by doing this. And then all of a sudden you have half as many people. So I'll, you know, it's like, well, you know what? Let's just leave things the way they are. There's only half of us. Uh, anyway, uh, I don't know. I'm a big fan of uh, comments on YouTube. And, and you know, my favorite one ever was. Boy, Christian sure likes to hear himself talk. And I still feel bad about that because uh, I was just so excited to talk to our guest that week. And I did a whole blackcast with uh, Patrick Meany uh, shortly thereafter. And then I really, I think I even mentioned that comment that I was so excited to just talk about that era of the X-Men that uh, I didn't stop talking for like 50 minutes. I love when people are like, uh, like, is that his real hair? I just get a huge kick out of that because I'm like I do I know my hair is like otherworldly like yeah. large. I mean it's it, it, it it's a compliment when I t- it's like Medusa you know <laughs> like it just could very well be your superpower. My my zigzag part. Um, you know while we're talking about uh, YouTube comments, sometimes I guess you find that people don't necessarily take to a point of view. Sometimes they don't like when you're negative towards something, mm-hmm. and I guess you've told me you kind of ran into that on the Twin Peaks after show. They absolutely. Why did they hate you so much? Hated me. They hated me. Why? Yeah. Truthfully, what, yeah. what I really think. I feel like they're a bunch of original fans. Yes. From from the original run, yeah, like, like on ABC. Like nothing wrong with being like a 40-year-old, but I think they were a bunch of like 40-year-olds sitting in their basement, yeah. like pissed off that they weren't up here talking about it, and I was. I think you can definitely be. There's always an element of that, because there are people, if somebody's commenting on YouTube videos, they're... 
they feel like their opinion yeah. uh, matters. And look, you can get some great interaction with fans. Just some but very you get people, crotchety. You get fans. people who are there just to be, yeah, to be crotchety, just to be the voice of dissent, just to basically like start shit. And I you think know? that Twin Peaks lends itself to that. Well, it's such a divisive thing. I mean, because I watched the original, and you know, keeping in mind I was in like middle school, and I'm just like, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I, I know I don't. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. I'm like, this guy's talking backwards. And, and I was just like, this guy, like, what is this? I, I didn't know what any of it was. And I, I like Sherilyn Fenn, but that was about it, really. That's all it came down to. Audrey's great, yeah. I mean, uh, and, th and that was the first issue of Playboy that I ever owned. I don't know if anybody wanted to know that, but uh, <laughs> that one, I was just like, I feel like I need that one. You know, for the oh, articles, man. obviously. Yeah, I'm sure she had a good one. <clears throat> yeah, it was a good interview, as, as I recall. But anyway, how was the the rebooted version of the show? As an adult, should I should I just give it another try and oh. go back in through the whole thing? I didn't watch the Showtime. You absolutely should watch the okay. Showtime one, yeah. I, I was but kind of interested. it's something you want to binge. It's not something, yeah. It was really hard to watch, like, a week apart. Right. It's something you want to binge, for sure. I mean, it came down to the simple fact that I just I didn't have Showtime. It's really what poor. It, yeah, I mean, I, I I don't have HBO either. You know, it's uh, I'm just lucky that I have FX. Can't you like pay like five dollars like on Hulu or whatever to get like Showtime for like a month or something? You can do stuff like that, and yeah, that's like I I have plans to do stuff like that where or it's just like buy it, like it's you know, just buy the series. On, I'm on like, like a iTunes huge or DVD fan. I've got a DVD in my bag right now. I mean, I'm a like, yeah. I have a lot of DVDs. Uh, to my wife's chagrin, the fact that like I want to actually physically own yeah, a movie when it my comes cousin out. said the same like type of thing to me this week. He was like, uh, he's like, I can't believe you're still getting stuff in the mail. You're about to move, and I'm like, <laughs> it was like they're just DVDs. Yeah, and I mean, he's it's like, and he was more. even more horrified. He was like, DVDs? Who buys that? And I'm like, I do not trust no cloud, no digital I, HD. I, I agree with that. And also, when people are like, just watch it on Netflix. Well, stuff leaves Netflix all the time. A perfect example. The original X-Men animated series, you can't find that on Hulu anymore. It was there. Now, like, they're saving it for the, the Disney streaming service. Yeah, it was so, there. I remember. Yeah, we watched we watched the Christmas episode mm -hmm. uh, for Marvel TV Weekly. And, yeah, all the Disney stuff's going to leave. And especially when we're at a point where I want to watch stuff or have stuff for my, my, my kids to watch. I'm like, yeah, it's like, this is what I want my kids to be putting in their brain. Yes. Not this crap they're making right now. No, exactly. <laughs> although, although my son does love the new DuckTales. And so. Oh, I watched an episode just because like when I was like four years old, yeah. that was oh, I my jam. Yeah, I mean, I was in middle and school, but I loved DuckTales. I watched yeah. one episode and it was really cute. I mean, my, my son really likes it and he talks about it like, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like it's his Citizen Kane or whatever. Yeah. He talks about the episodes. I don't know. And it's clever. And I, I like the voice cast. Uh, anyway. That's uh, a few of the things that we were going to talk about. We did like a much a, a very like circular logic sort of thing. Uh, just all know, the things I love. Just the things you love. <laughs> the you know some of which we have in common. And uh, you're going back to Memphis. You're like leaving us. Uh, I am. I'll be back every few months. Look, it'll be Sundays at one a.m. Memphis time, but that's not. It's Eastern time, not Central time, right? And no, Memphis. they're two hours ahead. Okay, so even that great. So it's midnight. You're gonna still be up on Sundays at midnight. You can still talk to us on on not the Skype every week. No, but, but some weeks. <laughs> I'm not gonna try to keep you keep you there every I week. I do have a business. I've got to run. So. Right. Um, one of the things that you also do that I wanted to talk to you about, though, is I I don't quite under I understand what Project Runway is, 
I am amazed that it's been on for so long. As with any show that's been on a long time, you're like, oh, it's just something I don't get. Okay. But that's one of the shows you do. Yeah. And I think you approach that show a lot differently than than you do Marvel TV. Oh, I Weekly. lead that show. Yeah. I'm cracking <laughs> the whip. And you, uh, you don't have you don't have time for people uh, uh, commenting in in the uh, YouTube chat. Oh, I got someone else reading that for yeah. me. Yeah. Oh, you somebody sits on a couch. No, somebody no, no, doesn't no. get to sit at the desk. No, uh, my girl Maite, I think she's actually going to be taking over for lead after me, but she's always been monitoring the chat. I don't like to monitor the chat when I lead. Yeah, what's distracting, and and sometimes you get really focused on it. What I've found is that when the engineer puts the chat up on the big screen, and I every, can't read it. Well, and everybody can see it. People start reading off what it is, and I'm like, I kind of didn't want to talk about that right now. Yeah, yeah. So that's how I don't have to word. worry about that with me. I could not tell you a single <laughs> word. I have on no that idea screen. what anybody's saying. Yeah. Uh, so, but your interest in Project Runway comes from. Your fashion sense, and, and does that tie into your your side hustle, or is this your side hustle My and that's your real job? Hustle. Uh, I I just started watching Project Runway when it like came out. And like it was a while ago, right? Like, yeah, I think I was like, like a senior yeah. in high school or like a freshman in college, and I don't know. I like Heidi Klum; she's so fun, and it's just a fun like. Um, at the time when it came out, there was just nothing like it on TV. I mean, they replicated replicated that format for like yeah. everything now like cooking shows house design but um but i just really liked the show and uh yeah i love fashion and i i'm a designer but i'm not a sewer so when i watch that show i'm you know i've I've, it's not like me thinking, oh, I can do that. Right. <laughs> no, it's it's definitely fun to watch and uh, see what other people are thinking about in their heads, you know, in this time period. And it's funny because we would see some trends on the runway the last season of Project Runway, like straps hanging from everything. And now I'm seeing it all in fashion magazines and the runway shows. So Project Runway really was way ahead of the curve in terms of... You know, but like where people saw it there and were like, yes, we want people, that. Well, I think in the fashion world, very much so. Uh, you, a lot of times, you, you know, you hear like, oh, they copied this person, they copied this person. A lot of times, you know, despite what you think, a lot of the same ideas are going on in people's heads. They're all kind of been watching the same thing. So they're kind of going towards the same conclusions. Like if we haven't seen bell bottoms in forever, you know, say, okay let's do some bell bottoms and you might see a bunch of people doing it. And like a lot of times people have ideas at the same time. A lot of times people knock people off, but yeah, I think some seasons of project runways, there are little bitty things that trickle down into the bigger fashion world. I mean, one of our guests that we had here on the after buzz show is, uh, like the only designer designing for, um, the girl from orange is the new black, which your wife writes for. Yeah, she um, does tasty. You know, oh, tasty? we love Tasty, yes. Yeah, um, Margarita Alvarez has been designing everything she's been wearing on her red carpets. Oh, and great. So, like, um, it does trickle into Hollywood and everything a little bit. And I don't know. It Like I said, it's different because I don't sew. But, right. yeah, I think it's fun to watch someone else's creative process and how they do that. And uh, being that they put themselves on national television, it's like, everyone's game to like come for them so don't like feel bad being like that was terrible it's like whatever <laughs> you know you wanted to do this so and do you feel like 
you know, your your two worlds collide to some extent with the fashion world and your comic book fandom <laughs> when it comes to, oh my God, there's an X-Men 2099 t-shirt on eBay. And that's your most expensive shirt or is it Generation X? No, my most expensive shirt was like that $60 X-Men 29 right. shirt. I remember, yeah, you were so excited <laughs> that you had it. And it's a lot of these, they're just t-shirts from the 90s. And, you know, it's funny because the t-shirts now... They make them their nicer material. The graphics like take up the whole shirt. Back then, I mean, I remember I had. Well, they're nice material now because they've been washed like five hundred. <laughs> That's a great point. <laughs> and and but then like if there's a hole in it, you're like, great, that helps the look, right? Oh yeah, you you looked at me and you're like, there are holes all in your right, generation. and you spent sixty dollars. Oh yeah, that it was the generation extra, and I yeah, it was that was my most expensive one I had spent at the time. I think I paid like, 50, I think it was fifty. 50 I remember you saying it. that, yeah. And you're like. They sent that to you like that? And I was like, no, these holes were sewed up and I clipped their, they had been like, yeah, fixed. And, and I'm like, like for $50. And, you like, know, no look, uh, yeah, I know. It's, uh, look, I, I mean, I understand that that is, that is a I whole pressure. I cut the arms off the X Men shirt so that the, it was kind of winged, kind of like Bloodstorm's yeah. wings mimicking the shirt. Well, <laughs> I have a little project for you. This doesn't have to happen now. And you said you're not a sewer, but I feel like <laughs> you'll be able to do something with uh, oh a little something gosh. that I have somewhere oh in here. Uh, look, it, you don't have to be nervous. I hate surprises. It's not not really a surprise. Okay. I you can take the time. I want to see ah! what you can do with a black cast t-shirt. Oh my god. Because all it is is the you know, Shut look, up. we're very obvious. It's the Spider-Man oh logo that says Black Cast. Uh, a friend of Will Sterling, who is one of our regulars, he made oh well she actually designed that logo for us. You know and what then, I'm gonna be wearing to my next Marvel TV weekly show. Uh, I hope you're able to do something with that oh, to make I've it a lot more ideas. fashionable. Great. It's That's why so rock and roll. If anybody deserves uh, a black cast t-shirt, uh, it would be you. <laughs> I I can't wait to see what you do with it's it. It's gonna be great. Yeah, I might uh, even have some studs on it. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> much like uh, much like Marvel TV Weekly has a couple of studs on oh, it. Yeah, you know it. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, but you're you're gonna leave me just. It's gonna be me and the girls. You know, I guess we'll have to we'll have to find somebody else. I don't think we can replace you though. We'll we'll, we'll have to try, right? I don't think you can replace me, but I think you can find another host. I can put somebody in a chair. <laughs> yeah, sure, I can do that. But I don't know. Like nobody was able to be as as sufficiently bitchy with me on the show because when we didn't like something, we were like, we don't Very like open it. About and it. a lot of the, the after girls are so nice. They're compared so nice. To us, yeah, compared to all us, the girls yeah. we've been on, they're always so nice. And when we're you like a mean girl. Yeah, that's true. We could use a mean girl. I don't want anybody as long as they're not mean to me, because then I'll cry and I don't I don't need that. But you know, look, we were very especially when the gift had started. We like we did not like it. And I was so mad you made me I was we come early. had to cover it that day. We had to like come in well, early to We were watch doing the it. show at seven on Mondays. It was on, you like know, six. we could watch the East Coast feed at six. Yeah. So we watched it beforehand. I don't know. And it, uh, look, it got me out of the house an hour early. No, it just, it made sense. And uh, that's, that's not the approach that we'll take this season. But you won't even, you won't even be around for I'm it. I'm going to watch it though. Well, um, I just hope it gets better. It was building up really well towards the end, I thought. But uh, that comment you made just a minute ago, I love how you picked up like on the fashion and the comic books because my like main original like inspiration for clothing and fashion was like all this comic book stuff. I mean I love like leather pants and rock star looking yeah. stuff and big chunky cuffs, you know, like very comic book inspired stuff. I mean like I've got like Jean Grey's hair right now, except it's just a little <laughs> wilder. So right. I mean like I, I love I think that is definitely where I 
see like I love matchy matchy. I love you know I I love yeah. to dress in like themes and stuff. So I definitely think that comic books really really pushed like a love of clothing and design and color. And I like when the you know superhero costumes on the movie and to a lesser extent TV screen. When they look like they did in the comics, usually they don't in the movies, like none of the X-Men movies. Like Wolverine uh, finds the uh, yellow costume as like a, a deleted scene in the Wolverine. That's kind of like one of the only really? examples. Yeah, yeah. I didn't good. watch the deleted scenes I've got to now. Yeah, you should. You, yeah, it's actually kind of a fun thing. I mean, it feels like it was always going to be a deleted scene in all honesty, but it, it's it's kind of a fun thing. But or you wouldn't be happy if he was wearing that one. He would need no, to be wearing the orange needs, and maroon. Yeah, I li- that's the one I like. That's the good Wolverine costume. But I don't know. I feel like for the tone of those movies, especially when you know there hadn't really been a lot of superhero movies that were successful in 2000 when the first X-Men started, they're just like, we're going to go black leather. But oh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe that movies. was so hard for me. But we get so many cool costumes now. Now. Uh, what do you yeah. think of... I didn't even expect to be asking this question, but what do you think of the the Netflix Daredevil costume? From, oh, I love it. Yeah, I, I think that that's cool because the actual bright red, I feel like, wouldn't work. You I know? mean, I, it's I, really not a ton different yeah, than it's the just Ben a, Affleck one. Yeah, that's like, true, I guess. Uh, I like that it's more like armor yeah. than like spandex. Yeah, sure. I think that the the spandex, you know, some, some of them kind of work as spandex and, you know, others really don't. But I think when we see costumes in like the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, the actual costumes usually are at least somewhat faithful adaptations. I like to see like an inspiration from it. Right. You know, like like I think that costume that you're just mentioning is very good way of comparing that. But like I mean like with Thor, you know, like that's very yeah cool. But oh, those earlier X Men movies, I hated that black leather stuff. It was so hard for me. I was so excited for it. It came out on my birthday. Nice. I had everyone go to the movie theater <laughs> for my birthday to see it. And I mean, looking back, I feel like that was a terrible movie. <laughs> well, the problem with the first X Men movie, the the only real problem I have is, is budgetary, and we've talked about this on the broadcast and on Marvel TV Weekly. They just didn't have faith in it. They didn't want to spend the money. So I they, wanted it to be more colorful. Yeah, I mean that that's just sort like of with all the powers and the costumes. I mean, at and... that point, I think the thinking was it has to look like Tim Burton's Batman, or we can't make it. You know, and I think that they got away from that a little bit. You know, with the Spider-Man movies, at least I'm talking about the original Sony ones. At least his Spider-Man costume looked like Spider-Man. You know, I mean, it, it's it's different the various incarnations that we've had, but at least he's always looked like Spider-Man. Yeah. I, but you know, when you get like <clears throat> the Scarlet Witch, you don't give her the headband. You know what I mean? Like you tend to. There's things that you have to leave behind when you do it. You know, like Luke Cage. They have like a joke where he puts on some laundry and he looks like Luke Cage from the comics, yeah, but he yeah, can't yeah, actually yeah. go around like that. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it to be inspired by one of the original costumes, but also makes sense, like, in a real-world scenario. Like, no one's going to run around fighting in spandex. Like... No, I mean it's not it's not practical. Like I know? like that it's shown as like it is form fitting yeah. or whatever, but it's built for battle, you know, and I like when they include Yeah. Those I mean, especially things. a lot of the female mm-hmm. costumes that we've had over whatever, eighty years of superhero comics, uh 
they're just not practical for fighting. You know, you're like, you're going to get really hurt. I'm if you're surprised we're getting a Captain Marvel suit that actually looks like Captain Marvel. Well, it's not the original Ms. Marvel where you can see her belly button. You know, it's a little bit more, it's a little bit more refined. I don't know it. if I remember that one. I remember the one in like the black leotard. Yeah, that's the one she had for a long time. Like when waist. she's a member of the Avengers. But uh, that's not, when she's Ms. Marvel, uh, that is actually not what she wears. You know, that's later. They adapt to that, I think, because they feel like it should be, you know, the whole point is like Ms. Marvel. Ms. is like a term of empowerment. And she's got a very skimpy outfit on, you know. Uh do you think that we will get to see a rogue Miss Marvel? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Do you think we'll get to see... I mean, I doubt we're going to see Anna Paquin, given the Fox and all that stuff. But do you think that we might see that? Like, I don't know that we'll get that like we story. We might end her that way. Yeah. I, I don't think... I mean, They're you like, know... They're like, Brie Larson, you're making way too much money. And she's an Academy Award winner. <laughs> and it's like, you kind of want to keep her around for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, so... I don't know. I mean, that'd be interesting. I mean, that's sort of an amazing part of Rogue is that she has those Ms. Marvel powers, you mm -hmm. know? And uh, I think if we ever get to a place where they can tell that story, that'll but be I pretty I just think amazing. it's kind of interesting more so because in the movies, Rogue has everything but the Ms. Marvel powers. So yeah, that's it would true. be, I mean, I know Anna Paquin is... I don't know. Well, I was. I don't know. I thought. I, I thought she was quiet. good. They kind of <laughs> aged her down. They made her a much younger character for the movies, which they I were think, doing a Kitty Pride thing. They well, gotta always have a kid sister. It's so right. kind of annoying. And they always and they had Kitty Pride in those movies, the first few. Oh. But then, they, but no, I'm not even talking about Ellen Page. I know how you feel about Ellen Page, who I thought was good in Days of Future Past. But they always had other actresses playing Kitty and like in small parts. And they had they had somebody different playing Jubilee in every X Men movie so far. So. So anyway, these are all things that we'll have to look at in the future. And uh, one of the most interesting things, though, is that you don't like to go to the movies and see movies in the theater. So no. you're always behind. There's the $2 movie theater yeah. in uh, Bartlett, Tennessee, okay. which is where I'm originally from, uh, which is like two houses away from Memphis, like the Memphis okay. City Lines River. <laughs> for me. So you might go to the $2? I love the $2 movie theater because it is the one I went to when I was a kid. Right. It was a normal theater and they have like this mural that looks like a painting of like Batman and the Joker, Marilyn Monroe, like every big thing like since night before 1995. Okay. I just love this theater and they literally charge $2 to see a movie and they, they're like one of those second run movie theaters. Yeah, I, I used to go to one of those. So I feel like yeah. when I get back to that's when you're going to... Uh, Infinity War will be there. It'll be there, and that's when you'll see <laughs> it. But see you want to see it for two dollars? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. then I'll know if I do want to spend like the fifteen, twenty dollars to buy it. I and think I'm you're gonna want to buy it though. I haven't bought any other Avengers movie. Oh, interesting. Well, this is—I don't know. It's better than the other ones, but we'll talk about it when you've actually seen it. Uh, you know, I, I don't know that. Just saw Guardians. Yes, you just saw two. Guardians, and not that long ago you saw Logan. Like you're no, catching. Oh, you yet. haven't watched it yet, so you haven't even seen I'm it. I'm gonna watch that before. You, you. I think you need to because. We I've got it at home. All right. I've got a bunch of movies I want to watch. I've got Kick-Ass 2. Never seen that. Never seen Kick-Ass 1 I liked a lot better yeah. than Kick-Ass 2. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about how Oh, they... it, that there's a scene from the comics, comics. that they took out. Yeah. yeah that uh, yeah that we would have seen McLovin, McLovin. rape Kick-Ass's uh, girlfriend. Yeah, and so we didn't get that, fortunately. There's a variation on the scene, though, in the movie. It's, it's just a little bit... It's a different character. It's a little different. 
but yeah, there's it's knowing when you need to make a slightly less faithful adaptation. Um, but I don't know. I thought the first Kick-Ass was great. I really liked it. That was um, a particularly good uh, superhero You probably movie. liked the Christopher Nolan Batman movies too, didn't you? I do, but they're all too long. Every single really? one of them is too long. Yeah, I just that doesn't I mean, bother me. Usually, it, I don't like a long movie, but those were so I, I was in it. The I whole think time. Dark Knight Rising in particular. There's a point where the movie maybe could have been wrapped up, and then there's like another like half hour, forty minutes, and it's good. I I, I don't dislike the movie. I like watching. I just. It almost like I feel like these things could move along a little bit better, but I think that all the Christopher Nolan Batman movies are very well done. Uh, I like the first Tim Burton Batman, and then the rest <laughs> of them I can kind of oh stop. Second's the best. Give the one, the one with rank. Penguin. Yeah, it's all right. That's the know. best one. I don't know. The first one was the first one, and I like Nicholson as the Joker. Silverstone. No, that one. No, 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 no. You know, my boss did a punch-up on that script. He wrote jokes for that script, Batman and Robin. Yeah. That really? He did a pass on it. Old DM? Old DM. He did a... He's talked about DM it. DM me. Yeah, exactly. He was DM before people DM'd. And uh, he... Yeah, he did a joke pass on it, and I think they kept He's one like, I joke. pass on doing jokes, we, you mean? No, <laughs> no. He... Yeah, well, they passed on putting most of the jokes in. But oh, okay, okay. I, I think that there was one that they put in, but it was like... I think Akiva Goldsman was the screenwriter, and they just wanted a, a pass to punch it up. But then, I don't know, I guess Akiva Goldsman has like a lot of uh, clout to throw around. And they, I don't know, I don't think he liked the jokes. But whatever. Anyway, in conclusion, you're talking about Memphis. I don't know that much about Memphis. I have been there. I met Adam West in Memphis. That's pretty amazing. At a, at a convention or just on Comic the street? Comic book store. Oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, what I know about Memphis is uh, I walked around Beale Street. It was rainy. and You I didn't s- get shot? I at? didn't. Uh, we went to Graceland, uh, and that Ooh. was interesting to see. Ooh. I want that jungle room. Uh, and then we went to a place called Interstate Barbecue, where uh, they have barbecue spaghetti. Yep. And then we got back in the car, and because uh, we drove there from it's Nashville. Funny you went to Interstate Barbecue. It was. It, I, I, you would only go there if you were like out by Graceland. Yeah, and I, I it came highly recommended from a guidebook, and I was like, oh, I kind of want barbecue <laughs> sauce in in my spaghetti, so I'm all in. And I, I whenever I think about it's Memphis, a pretty I think big thing in Memphis having barbecue spaghetti. Great, Probably. I could have more of it. You know, have you ever heard of Corky's? It's probably no. that and the Rendezvous are okay. like our world-renowned barbecue places. Well, but you know, I thought I was going to be in Memphis uh, at some point this summer, Knoxville. but yeah, but it's it's not it's Knoxville, so that's too bad. But anyway, you know, look, I'll, I'm sure I have I'll have fun at the Waffle House in Knoxville and Cracker Barrel and whatever. Uh, these are all things that I don't have that I didn't have growing up, so they were like very I'm excited, excited to me. about Sonic. Wait, you know well, Sonic? oh, I know Sonic. My wife and I have, have Sonic, Sonic in our wedding yeah. vows. We Stop talked because it. it was like it was a thing we went to when we were first dating, and we like drove in the rain. What did y'all but, get? Like the footlong? Uh, no, we got. My mom eats that, and I think it's so undignified. Uh, no, we. <laughs> no, we. Uh, we were. It was really all about the tater tots. It's almost like whatever else you get doesn't matter. It's all about the tater. desserts for me. Yeah, and I can't stand their lettuce. They do that shredded oh, lettuce. Oh, they do shredded so lettuce. Gross. No, that. But Sonic was always a big deal to me because you'd see commercials. You know, in the Northeast, for this place called Sonic. What is it? I was like, I didn't, I didn't understand what it was. Like, especially like on TBS, there were always Sonic commercials, yeah. like during Braves games on TBS. Yeah, yeah. And I would see it. I'm like, what the, what the hell, is Sonic? And my wife was like, Oh, there's one down the street from where I grew up. I'm like, What? So we went, we drove down to Fullerton in I the was, rain. I was about to say, there's one out by Disneyland. Yeah, there's one yeah. in Fullerton. There's actually one uh, nearer to the town my wife uh, grew up in, and there's one in Duarte. There's several around. They're just not in Los Angeles. Like proper. An hour away. Oh, I know yeah. where they all are, and none of them are close. 
Uh, but there's one in Victorville that I like to stop at on the drive to Vegas. It's yeah. all about the peanut butter chocolate milkshake. Mm, that does sound good. Onion rings, poppers, tater tots. I do like the tater tots. So, but my what that is getting around to. So, it really, Sonic is the thing that's exciting about going back to Memphis. No, oh, the food is so amazing. Like, I mean, I'm a vegetarian, and I still it's like. But you can you can have <clears throat> you can have uh, tater tots. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all that matters. So you can still get those. I like. I. I don't know. It doesn't really affect my diet. There. I'm able to eat all the. Yeah, good that's a good point. Yeah. yeah, you can have anything you want. Well, Michael, thank you for taking the time. I'm. I'm always the one doing the interview. I. I've never been the celebrity. You've never guest. been the celebrity guest before. No. You've never been interviewed. No, I'm always the one sitting in that seat. So you were. Do you feel like you were in the hot seat during this hour and a half? And it was an hour Oh, it's and a half. always hot when I'm sitting in it. Yeah. Yeah. I and was going to do that if you didn't. Oh, don't worry. I, I knew that it was time for that. <laughs> anyway, on that note, uh, people can find Michael at Michael X Shirley. The X yeah. is for Xavier School for Gifted Youngsters. It's really not, but I like that. Yeah, I mean, it we works. Can, it passes like that. Yeah. I just did that because Michael Shirley was already taken. Of course. And I thought an underscore was just like. How much? Confusing. How much do you hate the other Michael Shirley for taking it? I've told you this before, I think, or maybe it wasn't you, but he is actually a creative director in Chicago, and he's done some great art installations. So you feel okay with it? Yeah, and we've actually had like mild social media contact. That's interesting. Because like I had Michael Shirley for Instagram, like I had, I, but I changed it later just to be consistent. Oh, but, so did you give it to him? The Instagram? Well, he might have taken it oh, after okay. I got rid of it, but I gave him shit about. Oh, I really, I to yeah, we've sworn. Uh, your... I, well, I've sworn several times on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, this is a potty mouth podcast. It's, po- it's marked explicit on iTunes. It's a potty cast, exactly. Oh my god, you made me forget what I was talking about. So about Michael Shirley, and you had some light social media interaction with. Oh him. yeah, 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 yeah. We're cool. It's okay. okay. I'm not. I'm not pissed. You can't have it all. Uh, but are you MichaelShirley.com or is it MichaelXShirley.com? Oh, my, my website is I love Michael Shirley. Oh, that's what it was. And, and my old website was I hate Michael Shirley.com, which is right. like a lifestyle blog I wrote about just like young Hollywood for seven years. But then you decided that you didn't hate Michael Shirley. It just seemed kind of like the natural juxtaposition to yeah. me. But yeah, you can check that out. Uh, my new men's clothing line will be coming out at the end of June, early July. Pretty cool stuff. And not really anything that you can imagine me wearing? Hmm. It's a sportswear line. I don't really see you in sweats that much. That's true. You don't. Um, but it's like a rock and roll sportswear line. Follow me. Instagram, Twitter, Michael X Shirley. Website, ilovemichaelshirley.com. And you can always find archived episodes on YouTube of Marvel TV Weekly, or mm-hmm. if you want to watch the Twin Peaks after show. No, you show. don't want to watch that. But what that. about the Roseanne after show? <laughs> yeah, 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 I love my co-hosts. They're great. Well, I'll have to, I'll have to check it out. I have not watched the Roseanne yeah, after show. Yeah, you should. It's I, just three of us. I make time to watch the Roseanne show. I haven't watched the actual our, show. Our, our podcast is longer than the actual show. I mean, the show's 22 minutes. Yeah, I uh, yeah I've done I, I, I've done Silicon Valley, and that show is always, like, our after is show. Is a short show? Well, the Silicon show's Valley? a half hour, but we always, like, our after show is, like, 50 minutes usually. So, yeah, we're usually a lot longer. Our South Park after show is usually longer than two episodes of I South Park. that's a rough crowd. Oh, that is a rough crowd. You got to watch out. 
but uh, you know, we we have the yeah. we have the the right uh, countenance to use a big word uh, for the the crowd there. You just you know, if you're if you're talking about South Park, you kind of have to deal with some of that uh, kind of attitude. I love the Kanye stuff. They oh, they did. They've done some great Kanye stuff. But anyway, we've uh, taken up enough of your time, enough time for the listeners, and that's all the places that you can find Michael Shirley. As you know, you can find me at Christian DMZ, and the Black Cast is at Black Cast, B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T. Maybe when the Black Cast episode gets posted and you get tagged in it, maybe you'll start to follow the Black Cast, but maybe not. We don't know. There'd be episodes you'd be interested in. There'd be some you wouldn't. I but, could do it. I mean, I've I've sent you links to some that I know you haven't you haven't listened to. But you're like watching the count, and you're like, there yeah. will be one more. There'll be one more. No, club. I actually <laughs> wouldn't be able to. Tell. I just I just figured you would have mentioned it if you had. But uh, you know, maybe when you watch some of these movies that came out a year and a half ago, and you're like, oh, what did they say when they I talked about it? I want to listen to your Chris Claremont interview. He did the latest. Like, uh, or volume three of Gen 13. He wrote the whole, all 13 comics. I see that. I didn't even know. See, yeah. now, now you've got me even more. Yeah, you my like interest that more team. Peaked. It's a fun team. I'll have to check it out. But, of course, you can always check out the Blackcast, blackcast.com, B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T. Uh, thanks again to Michael Shirley, Michael X Shirley, oh, as we always you. call him. Uh, and, yes, I already miss him, and he hasn't even left yet. But by the time you hear this, he'll be in Memphis. He'll be he'll be having poppers and and tater wait, tots, not you, those wait. kind of poppers. Yes. <laughs> Jalapeno poppers, <gasps> oh, yeah, and what? and tater tots, not some other like, kind this of. This isn't nineteen eighty, like nineteen eighty. I wish it were. You know, sometimes <laughs> on me. the black cast things sound like nineteen eighty, <laughs> but not this week. Uh, I don't know what we've got next week, but whatever it is, you'll see it, or you know, you'll hear it next time on the black cast. I don't wanna watch what's on the TV. iTunes that put on the BC. Podcasts on, no talking to me. Listening to Black Cast. Keep up on comics and movies. Two phone ring, I answer hoodies. I can't talk, call back if you please. Listening to Black Cast. You don't know what you are missing. Damn fine show hosted by Christian. He's just dope, no ass, I'm kissing. Listening to Black Click subscribe on this podcast. You won't be the first, but don't you be last. Listen while you pumping your gas. Listen into Black Cast. On this episode, it's Jean Grey talking about the things that she say. So distracted, didn't feed Bay. Listen into Black Cast. Met this girl, she smiled at my face. Black Cast insulated my place. Had one beer, she brought a whole case. Listen into Black Cast. Alright, several taxes had to go take care of some business, but I'm here to say, have a nice day, and listen to the damn show. Are you ready? Take it away. <laughs> I know, I haven't, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> See, I'm so, I'm, I'm so upset that uh, I haven't gotten to play. <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Thank you for taking the time. Well, <clears throat> no. Are you allergic to me? <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs>
No, I'm not. But uh, my allergies are terrible right now. Both of my kids are having problems with their allergies right now. Oh, too. stay away. No, no. It's like it's not like a cold you can catch. It's like I'm allergic to things in the air. Oh. <laughs>